Hey Juicers, I'm Brooke. And I'm Alyssa. And this is... For God's sake. Don't drink the Jones juice. Welcome back to episode 11. 11. Woo! Yeah. Really rising up there. Yes, we are. And we are close to 4,000 listens. Yes, thank you guys so much for all of your... Support. Ears. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We really appreciate it. Um, I feel like our podcast is doing pretty well to just start it like a month ago. Yeah. Or two, a month ago, two months ago. I don't know. I'm proud of us. Camp math. Uh, Today, also, we will be announcing our Instagram uh, horror box giveaway winner. You guys are so fucking lucky because this shit is so cool. (laughs) It really is. Um, Do we have any announcements this week? I feel like it's been a pretty boring week. Um, I think the only thing that we can say is that we are still looking for stories Mm -hmm. for um, the military episode we're going to do on sexual abuse. Um, so if you want to send in your story, mm-hmm. it can be completely anonymous. We will not out you. We will not say your name. We may give you a fake name. Who yeah. knows? But um, So we've only got two, right? Yeah, we only have two so far. And I know this is a lot to ask from you guys because yeah. th- these are such personal. personal. And do not feel pressured to send them to us. Do not feel pressured because... If these are the only two we have, then these two are perfect. It's completely fine. But, you know, if you want your story out there, if you want people to know, like, what actually goes on behind the scenes, Mm -hmm. um, we can put it out there for you on a public platform to raise more awareness. So um, you can send those to our Gmail at don'tdrinkthejonesjuice at Mm gmail.com. Um. There was something else. Oh, um, and as always, please send in your listener juice stories. Yes, we. I think we have enough for like next, one and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. not next week, but the next week, I think, is yeah. our next listener juice. So if you have paranormal, true crime, spooky stories, email them. That way your story can be read. We would love to read them. Absolutely. Other than that, though, I don't think we really have much more besides our giveaway mm-hmm. it's been a long day god it really has i'm been. like sitting here like just exhausted <laughs> for as much fun as we've had today yeah. it's felt pretty long we did have fun we uh we went shopping and got some goodies for our spooky podcast room i cannot wait to finish this entirely so we can show you guys yeah it's already looking so good yeah. Today, Brooke bought a chalkboard that she mm-hmm. hung up behind her so we can, like, you know, write little reminders on it or whatever. And it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Coffee table. Oh, yeah. She also bought a coffee table. We've got a couch and a chair coming on the way. Um, got some yeah. pillows for that couch. Yeah. It's going to be an awesome little setup. Yep. So. We're excited. <laughs> anyway, um, do you want to go ahead and try to do the winner? Yeah. Okay. So just so you guys know, this is what we're doing. So we have everybody's um, post in the hashtag. That's -hmm. what we're going by. If you did not put the hashtag, I'm very sorry, but you will not be entered Mm -hmm. into the contest because, well, number one, it was 
and the directions. Yeah, but to um, that's that's literally where we're pulling everybody's name from. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're going to call someone, random person that you will hear shortly, and they are gonna guess a number one to forty five between one and forty five. There were forty five entries, which I'm pretty proud of for our first giveaway. I agree. And so then we're going to count from first entry to last entry, um, whatever number that this person chooses. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a last minute thought we were sitting around and I'm like, so how are we going to do this giveaway? Like that way, I guess we want it to be known that we are not in any way choosing this winner. You know what I mean? Because you guys can't see Mm -hmm. what we're doing as far as picking the winner. Um, This is not on us. It's the person we decide to call is going to pick the number and they have no idea what we're doing right now. So it's not rigged. We promise. uh, Yeah. So uh, I think the first person we're going to attempt to call, we were sitting here discussing it and I said, who should we call? I said, because you know, my mom doesn't answer. And she's like, my mom doesn't answer either. So what we're going to do, we're going to try to call Alyssa's mom first. If Alyssa's mom doesn't answer, then we'll call my mom. If my mom doesn't answer, we're just going to, figure it out from there (laughs) just keep calling family members (laughs) exactly um before we begin um i do not talking to the audience but oops sorry to you brooke i would yeah okay just because it's getting really loud okay okay um so i think i might tell my mom what's happening because i really feel like if i don't explain it what she'll yeah and she probably will definitely keep calling me so okay all right. Um, let's try this out. Let's call Jenny. Mom. So you can thank Jenny if you win. <laughs> <laughs> she may not answer because I just texted her and asked her for something. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She never answers, though. Looks she never like does. it's going to be Kimberly. And if my mom doesn't answer, I don't know what we're going to do. Call Madeline, who do- doesn't answer either. I call my dad. My dad usually answers. Jenny George. Nope. <laughs> it's not a good... <laughs> not I, my mom. <laughs> we're going to call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure, right? <laughs> she won't answer either. This is going to be terrible. moms like this oh my gosh do y'all's moms do this like we could be dead right now literally we could be (laughs) dead or dying (sighs) like one time i fucking tripped and fell and i swear to god i thought i sprained my ankle hi this is kian (laughs) (laughs) all right right, we can try my dad again be doing this all night (laughs) (laughs) um but before I begin that that story, um, I called my mom like twice and she never answered me and I literally could not get off the floor. Ugh. And then like an hour later, she calls me and she's like, hey, and I'm like, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> oh, that's because... what happened to me a few weeks ago when I almost cut my finger off. I was calling her. Yeah. Huh? She didn't answer me. Wait, with the blender? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was months ago. Well, whatever. <laughs> months, weeks, whatever it was. All right. Let's try Tracy George. All right, Tracy. Come on. Pick up your phone. 
Hello. Hey, Dad. Hey, beautiful. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Um, so I'm currently right now recording for my podcast, uh-huh. and we're doing um, like a giveaway. Um, uh-huh. But we just needed um, a random person to pick a number between one and forty-five. Forty-five. Can you do that? I uh, sure can. Thirty-nine. Thirty-nine. All right. All right. Thank you, Dad. That's, that's how old I am. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Thank you, Dad. Well, let's see. We're about to find out. Oh, okay. We want to keep them on while we announce? Yeah, we'll, we'll let you know, Dad. All right, let's see. Okay. We're counting them. Let's see, let's okay. see, let's see. All right, guys, hold on. Hold with us. Six, nine, twelve. Is it stormy 15, where you are? Eight. Uh, no. 21. It's storming here, lightning and all that kind of stuff. Getting a little scary. Oh, really? Wow. Three, other six. Wow. All right, you ready? Yeah, okay. The winner is... Shy Marie 29. Shy Marie. <laughs> okay. I know exactly who that is. Wait, <laughs> did you say 29? 39. 39. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 39. That's the wrong number. <laughs> that would be terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Shy right. Marie. Dad, thank you so much. Sure. I really don't know who that person is. I love you. <laughs> love me too. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> That's I awesome. I know who Cheyenne is, and I am super excited that she won. So. Yay! Congratulations! Yay. You said Cheyenne. Cheyenne's her name. Congratulations, yeah. Cheyenne. Yes, man. You won some good goodies. You can thank my dad. Yeah. His address is... I'm just kidding. <laughs> His address. <laughs> thank you guys to everybody that entered, and uh, maybe we'll do another one of these one day. Super duper fun. I'm sure we will, eventually. Yeah. We congratulations. Do. Congratulations. <laughs> congratulations, Cheyenne. I like how my dad just starts talking about the fucking weather. <laughs> it's stormy. I love how he was like, hey, beautiful. He always says that, so literally. sweet. My dad's a good guy. Yeah, he is. Okay. Um, yeah, so the only way you guys will know who wins is if you listen to this episode. Because so we're not telling you. Hopefully, Cheyenne, you're listening. <laughs> or you'll never know. <laughs> we'll get to keep these goodies. Yeah. Okay, well, now that that's over with, um, are, do you think we're ready to start? Or do you have anything else to say? Or I don't think I've got anything. No? No. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Um, there's going to be a little boom. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Okay. So today, I am covering a very horrific murder. Um, Brooke told me that this case is pretty popular, but I really had never heard of it. Really? Yeah. The only reason why I'm doing it is because, like, months before we started this podcast, like, when we were in the talks of doing it, Mm -hmm. um, I came across you know, that screenshot I sent you or mm-hmm. I showed you, um, I came across that on Facebook and I was like, what a sick freak. And yes. so I added it to my list of people I wanted to Cover. research. Yeah. And also I did my research today, <laughs> the day we were recording because I've just had a pretty rough week physically. Mm-hmm. And so, um, this is a very high profile case. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but anyways, it's uh, Jody Arias. She brutally murdered her boyfriend, Travis Alexander, in the most horrific way. Like, this is not the way that anybody should ever go mm-hmm. and leave this earth plane. So, um, before I do begin, I do want to say that I tried to look into Travis's 
like childhood, his background, like his backstory, really couldn't get any information, which is super sad considering he's the victim of such a heinous crime. Um, but there was a good bit about Jody. So everything that you need to know about Travis and all the information that was out there will be later on, like connected into the story. So I just don't want you to guys, I just don't want you guys to think that I purposefully skipped over who Travis was because I genuinely don't know. I read like four or five different articles, watched a few videos, nothing really ever came up. So um, Jody was born July 9th, 1980 and Salinas, oh, I meant to look that up too. Uh, it's S-A-L-I-N-A-S, California to her parents, William and Sandra Arias. Uh, She has one older half-sister, one younger sister, and two younger brothers. So, a big family. Mm -hmm. Uh, But according to Jody, from seven years old, her childhood involved a lot of child abuse. She claimed that her parents used to beat her with a belt and wooden spoons. Which I feel like a lot of people have gone uh, yeah. through that. So <laughs> you'll later find no out that Jody has a lot of diagnoses, and one of them is being a pathological liar. So mm-hmm. who knows? Um, she attended Wairika Union High School, but dropped out in the eleventh grade, and then later she earned her GED. Uh, she took an interest in photography at the age of 10, which continued later on in life, leading her to to pursue it as a profession. Um, And she also took up like several part-time jobs as a professional photographer. Cool. I guess. (laughs) Uh, She also had a server's job at a Californian restaurant located at... (sighs) I hate myself. I looked up the one that I struggled with the most. It's like... Ben, it's okay. It's V E N T A N A. Ventana, Ventana. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's it's an inn and spa. Um, and she did this in two thousand one, and this is where she met the restaurant's food and beverage manager, Daryl Brewer, and they started dating in '03. So Jody and. Daryl bought a house together in Palm Desert, and they each paid $2,800 a month for the mortgage payment. Like, each. So, did your microphone fall? Yeah. Oh, God. I'm going to try to be quiet putting it back. Okay. Um, so... Just keep talking. (laughs) That's a lot of fucking money going into a fucking mortgage payment i actually did look online and her net worth is like in the millions jody's yeah for what i have no idea wow yeah so i mean maybe i guess with photography maybe it just took off who knows Hmm. i don't know but um so then she started working for prepaid legal services in february of 2006 while she was why she why oh my god (laughs) stroking out while (laughs) still serving at the restaurant um this is kind of when she started like getting more into the mormon religion 
Um, and she frequented a, Mor- a Mormon, I almost said a Morgan church, <laughs> a Mormon church. And she also frequently held Bible studies and prayer sessions at her house. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so as she kind of grew with prepaid legal services, um, her relationship with um, Daryl started deteriorating. Um, she also started defaulting on the financial obligations she agreed to with Brewer. So, like, she wasn't making her mortgage payments. They eventually parted ways in December of 2006, although they kept in touch as friends. I bet he regrets that later on. Uh-oh. So, meanwhile, in September of 06, so before... Her and Daryl parted ways. Mm -hmm. She met a man named Travis Alexander. He was a salesman and motivational speaker for prepaid legal services. Um, They met at the company's conference in Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. So Alex was a uh, Alex Alexander was a Mormon, and according to Arius, they developed a sexual relationship following a week of their meeting. Mm. So she was having sexual relations while with Daryl Brewer. Wow. And Very I think that, Mormon-like. Right. <laughs> but I think this is important information because later on, we'll discover that the reason why she kills Travis is because he was cheating on her with another woman. Wow. Yeah. Hey. So the only thing I really know about Travis besides the fact that he was like a salesman and motivational speaker for prepaid legal services. Uh, he was born July 28th, 1977. Mom's birthday. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that but, woman that didn't answer the call. Literally. Jesus. <laughs> okay, and I bet you they will not call us back till <laughs> we're done recording. Nope. So, Jody and Travis developed an immediate attraction towards each other. Due to their work, they would travel to many different states states together. Um, and when they weren't able to like be with each other physically, they called each other daily over the phone. They always communicated through emails. You know, just kind of like that normal, I guess, honeymoon phase where mm-hmm. you just... They were very much in love. Yeah. So... A ceremony at a Mormon church in Southern California was held on November 26, 2006. It led Jody to get baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And she took this step in order to be closer to Alexander, who... I don't know why I keep flip-flopping their names. It's Travis Alexander. Mm -hmm. But I wrote Alexander, but I meant to go back and change it to Travis. Mm -hmm. So... She basically became baptized into the Mormon Church of Jesus of Jesus of Jesus. You know what? I'm done. I'm done with this podcast. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I cannot fucking talk. No, you're not. Okay, so she was baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints just to be closer to Alexander. It's who, been a long day. <laughs> it really has been. Uh, Travis was a dedicated Mormon. I think that's creepy, in my opinion. Like, I would never just, like... Switch up religions for... Well, she was already kind of going into the Mormon church, mm-hmm. but she 
I guess, I don't really know how Mormons work, but she was baptized into the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's a fucking mouthful, by the way. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's like a different denomination. So maybe she traded denominations. I thought that Mormons were the Latter-day Saints. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know how the Mormon church works. I hardly know how the Christian church works. I don't know. But, um, I mean, it, I mean, it did say that she was already kind of like in the Mormon church. I mean, she was having Bible studies and prayer sessions at her house. So the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is informal, informally known as the LDS church or Mormon church. So it is the Mormon church. Okay. Well, I don't know. See, Google, see if they have other churches. I'm sure there are other Mormon churches. Well, that's what I mean. Like, because, you know, like, in, I'm just comparing it to what I know from Christianity. Like, you know, you have, like, Baptists and you have mm-hmm. Pentecostals or whatever and blah, 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 blah. So I'm just wondering if, like, the Church of Latter-day Saints is like um whatever so the largest two are the Latter-day Saints and the uh United Brethren it's it so it probably kind of is like a denomination yeah I don't know you guys tell us you guys are (laughs) smart unfortunately for Jody. Um, their relationship ended in June of 2007, but they still periodically had sex. Um, later on, Jody accused Travis of being uh, physically and sexually abusive to her. That's neither confirmed or denied because, I mean, he's yeah dead. But anyways, um, so after this, Jody began stalking Travis, which included sending him and the woman he was dating threatening emails. He complained to his friends about this because obviously that's what disturbing. Nuts. Yeah. Um, in spite of the strained association, the two kept in touch, continuing their sexual relationship and even traveled together in March of 2008. Oh, wow. So I guess really he was cheating on his girlfriend with Jody. That's what it sounds like. But yeah. when I was watching, I mean, I don't know why I trusted Jody, <laughs> but like in an interview, she said that. So later on, obviously she kills Travis. But in the video, she said that she went there to kill the girl, not Travis, which I don't believe at all. And you'll see why. Yeah. So I think, because she said that he was cheating on her with that girl. So maybe she just had it in her head that, that they were still together. That's what it sounds like. Who knows? Like, basically, like, if I can't have you, nobody else can. Right, yeah. So Jody ended up relocating to Wairica, California in April of 2008 and started living with her grandparents. So earlier in that year, Ale- or Travis had asked Jody to join him for a trip to Cancun, Mexico. But then later in April, he tried to change Jody out for another female to attend with him. Oh, yeah. 
On May 28, 2008, a burglary occurred at Jody's grandparents' house, which is where she was living at the time. Among the missing objects from the home was a, I really don't know how to say this, I guess a .25 caliber automatic Colt pistol. Do you know anything about guns? Is that .25 or .25? I don't know. What is that? A car speeding down the interstate. Okay. Well, anyways, that was missing from mm-hmm. her grandparents' home, which will come later, so keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. On June 2nd, between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., Jody called Alec, or Jody called Travis four times, but did not appear to get through to him. After 3 a.m., Travis called Jody twice, the first time for 18 minutes, the second time for 41 minutes. At 4.03 a.m., Jody called Alexander back, and the call lasted 2 minutes and 48 seconds. At 5.39 a.m., Jody set out to drive south to rent a car for a long trip to Utah. Um, On June 2nd, at 8.04 a.m., Jody rented a car in Redding, California. She indicated she would return the car in Redding. Jody visited friends in Southern California on her way to Utah for a work conference and to meet with Ryan Burns, who was a co-worker. By late evening on June 3rd, Jody apparently set out for Salt Lake City. So, this was kind of supposed to be more of like her alibi, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, on June 4th, Travis missed an important conference call. Which is unlike him. Mm-hmm. Like, he was a dedicated worker. Mm-hmm. Um, the following day, Jody met up with Burns in Salt Lake City and attended a business meeting. Uh, Burns later said he noticed Jody's blonde hair, because she was a blonde, mm-hmm. was now dark brown. And she had cuts on her hands. Hmm. Hmm. On June 6th, she left Salt Lake City and drove west towards California. She called Travis several times and left several voicemail messages for him. She also accessed his cell phone voicemail system, which I don't know how the fuck she did that. Put in his password? I guess. You can do it from another cell phone. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, if I knew your password right now, I could call you, and when it goes to your voicemail, put in your passcode and listen to your messages. I don't even have a voicemail. It will not let me set up a voicemail. Hmm. Mine's always full. Yeah. Mine literally just says, like, I can't do it. I need to call about it. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, when Jody returned the car on June 7th, it had been driven about 2,800 miles. Hmm. The rental clerk testified that the car was missing its floor mats and had red stains on its front and rear seats. It could not be verified that... Oh, my God, that just popped up and scared me. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The rental clerk testified that the car was missing its floor mats and had red stains on its front and rear seats. It could not be verified that the car had floor mats when Jody picked it up, and any stains could not be verified since the car was cleaned before police could examine it. Because I'm sure they weren't thinking, like, oh, this is blood from someone this bitch just murdered. Right. You know? Probably thought it was, like, a slushy or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is where things get sad, okay? Mm. So on June 9th, five days after nobody had heard from Travis, five days after 
he missed that important meeting. Mm-hmm. His friends were getting concerned, okay? Um, they ended up going to his home. Um, his roommates had not seen him for, seen him for several days. His roommates? That's, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that's weird. Okay, so his Maybe room? he was usually just kind of a private guy, and they didn't really think a whole lot of it. I guess, yeah. Hmm. Well, they so did they all lived in the same home? I don't, I mean, I guess so. Hmm. Um, when I typed that out, I didn't even realize, like, roommates. But yeah. So his roommates had not seen him for several days, but they believed he was out of town and thus did not think anything was wrong. Uh. Which is great. Like, where were they during the murder? Who knows? So his friends found a key to Alec or to Travis's master bedroom. His friends entered and found large pools of blood in the hallway to the master bathroom. Oh my god. This is where his body was discovered in the shower. So obviously the friends called 911. Mm-hmm. And the dispatcher asked if uh, Travis had been suicidal or if anyone was angry enough to hurt him. Travis's friends specifically mentioned Jody as a possible suspect because, you know, Travis had been talking about how she'd been stalking him. Uh, yeah. Um, in an interview I was watching earlier, um, it was like an interview of Jody's old cellmate. She said that Jody told her that when she would stalk Travis, she would literally go to his house and like hide out in the bushes that is, and just watch him. That's insane. I couldn't. I do. First of all, I do not have the patience for that. Because think about how long you'd be out there without even seeing this person. That is so creepy. Because you're never like always just in front of a window. Yeah. You know, hiding so in weird. the bushes. Like, come on, girl. She said that if she got caught, she would just tell Travis that she was there to get her social security card. While she's in the bushes. I, I was just hanging out in the bushes, but I came to get something. I just wanted to check on this bush really fast. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so um, Travis's friend said that she had been stalking him, accessing his Facebook account, and slashing his car's tires. Damn. So obviously, this made Jody the prime suspect. So while the police were searching Alexander's home, they found a recently purchased digital camera damaged in the washing machine. But thankfully, the police were able to recover like a bunch of deleted images showing Jody and Travis in sexually suggestive poses. They were taken at approximately 1.40 p.m. on June 4th, the day that he was murdered. Wow. The final photograph of, Alec- or of Travis alive, he was in the shower, and it was taken at 5.29 p.m. that day. That's the notorious photo that I told you yes. I know about, mm-hmm. where he just looks terrified. Yeah. Oh, we'll we'll post that one if you guys aren't familiar with it. Yeah. So the photos um, taken moments later show an individual believed to be Travis profusely bleeding on the bathroom floor. A bloody palm print was discovered along the wall in the bathroom hallway, and guess what? Later on. They found out that it contained DNA from both Jody and Travis. So mm-hmm. Jody was definitely there. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> so it was declared that Travis was murdered on Wednesday, June 4th, 2008. He sustained 27 to 29 stab wounds. <sighs> His throat was slit, ear, 
to ear. What a fucking monster. And a gunshot wound to the head. Like, you know, chopping somebody's head off practically isn't fucking enough. Yeah. Me and Brooke looked through the crime scene photos. It's... There are no words. I will say, okay, I'm usually not pretty squeamish. Like, I look at that shit. Yeah, me too. I always have to look at the crime scene. Yeah. These are the most graphic... It's probably the worst crime scene photos I've ever seen. We will not be posting them. I know we do post a lot of crime scene footage, but it's just too graphic. These are really bad. And one of them, I will caution you, if you want to look at them, they are on Google. They are not censored. They made me nauseous. Mm -hmm. One of them is literally um, his throat just wide open from the cut, (sighs) taken like in the autopsy room. It's really, really, really bad. Like, Jody's a fucking monster for doing this. She's a fucking monster. I'm sure we'll see some pretty bad ones, you know, the further along we get with this. But that, like, those pictures got got me. You oh. don't usually see anything that bad. Yeah. You know? It's usually kind of like a far away photo. And, yeah. like, you might see a body and some blood and stuff. Like, but this is, like, close up. Yeah. You can see everything in his throat. Yeah. It's really bad. And then the other ones, you can see, like, the stab wounds mm-hmm. on his back and... We usually post crime scene photos. You guys know that. But, like, literally, I don't think there's anything from that scene that we can post. Maybe, like, the bloody sink or something. But Yeah. I would say also, so this man, poor Travis, not only was he brutally just fucking mutilated by his crazy fucking psycho ex-girlfriend, he has... Like, they basically leaked all the photos that were on that camera. So Mm -hmm. he has, like, nudes out there. Jody has nudes out there. You see every gruesome thing that happened to this poor guy's body. On the day of his death. You see, there's one picture of his, it's just his face. Mm -hmm. All you see is his face, and it's obviously dead. And it it just, to me, it takes away from the person that Travis was, because he doesn't even look like himself. Mm -hmm. Like, he looks like... Yeah. Uh, like, uh, I don't even know. He just doesn't look human. No, he doesn't. He looks like something you would see in a movie. Yeah. Like, like uh, a prop almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should never have released those. Oh, it's, like, it's rough, guys. I know, like, we like to see this kind of thing, but these are just very dehumanizing. Mm, they're gruesome. They're so gruesome. It's, it's so sad, honestly. So... The medical examiner, Kevin Horn, later testified that Travis's jugular vein, common, uh, (laughs) how do you say C-A-R-O-T-I-D? Like, carotid, carotid artery. (laughs) Sorry, I was trying to think, I'm like, carrot? What was she spelling? (laughs) Carotid. Like, I knew it, but it just, like, wasn't coming to my head. And his trachea had been slashed. And that Travis had defensive wounds on his hands. Horn further testified that Travis may have been dead at the time the gunshot was inflicted and that the back wounds were shallow. Poor guy. Yeah. I wonder, like, I mean, he fought, it sounds like. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's hard to fight somebody who's coming at you with a fucking well, knife. And it sounds like he was, like, backed into a corner, basically. In a shower. Yeah, he was in a shower. I mean, yeah, what do you do? Well, you can't what do you run. Do? Yeah, you you're just stuck. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I hope he, like, hurt that bitch. Oh, I don't think he did, though. <laughs> I don't think he did. 
He probably didn't have much of a chance. I mean, like, all, most of his stab wounds were in his back. Yeah. So when he was facing away from her, she probably just started stabbing him. And mm-hmm. then, like, when you've been stabbed that many times, like, you're in shock. Exactly. You can't just turn around and start punching yeah. or disarming the person. Like, that, kept getting caught by surprise with a knife to the back, I'm sure, is absolutely horrifying i did read also that like he was alive for a long time like he felt all of that oh yeah he suffered greatly yeah he's i'm sure like it said that um you know she like slashed his carotid artery so i'm sure that that's what killed him Mm -hmm. he probably died of blood loss Mm -hmm. which is to me a horrible way to go like dying of like just your blood draining from your body to hear a female doing these things always blows my mind me too oh like, i just realized i did a woman yeah, killer for like the first time <laughs> it's usually me doing the female killers but yeah. uh yeah <sighs> it's crazy so of course you know jody's innocent mm-hmm. so she says mm-hmm. she gives two different stories to prove this said innocence she first claimed that she was not there in the town on June 4th and had seen Travis for the last time back in April. What? Yeah, she's Um, a dumb bitch. Yeah. On a separate occasion, she claimed that two intruders had broken into Travis's home, murdered him, and assaulted her. (laughs) This second story was obviously to cover up the gruesome photos found in the camera left in Travis's home. So uh, she accidentally left that there. No, she put it in the washer machine. Oh, hoping, like, it would, like... It would damage it, and they couldn't find... Like, first of all, that's just fucking stupid anyways. Well, honestly, like, why not just take it with you? <laughs> you yeah, like, hit it with a fucking hammer or something. I mean, you put it in the washing machine? Like, you know this man's body's gonna be found. You don't think they're gonna find that? Literally. Stupid. She is a fucking idiot. Um, I watched... In an, in, in an interview, she was talking to, I can't even remember what station it was, but they were like, why, or did you do it? And she's like, I 100% did not do that. I could never hurt Travis or anybody that I love. Mm-hmm. You can just see it in her face. She's I've just, never shot a gun. Yeah, she was like, I've never shot a gun. <laughs> I've never shot one. Oh. So... The prosecution argued that to kill Travis, Jody staged a burglary at her grandparents' home a week earlier mm. when a .25, whatever. I think ca- it'd just be a twenty-five caliber. You know what? You're right. A twenty-five caliber gun. Yeah. Okay. Is that? Sound- I don't know. You guys tell us. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know anything about guns. Um. So a 25 caliber gun went missing and that a shell casing of a spent 25 caliber round was found at the murder scene. Hmm. hmm. Interesting, right? She's not very good at this. The gun was never found and retrieved, though. Like, they have no hmm. idea where it is. Hmm. Like, why didn't you throw that camera where the fuck you threw <laughs> that gun? All right. So on July 9th, 2008, she was charged with first-degree murder of Travis and arrested on July 15th. On September 5th, she was extradited to Arizona and on September 11th, where she pleaded not guilty because 
she's a pathological liar mm-hmm. and thinks she can get away with this. Literally, in that interview I was watching, she was like, you can mark my words. The jury will not find me guilty. I can promise you that. And guess what? They fucking found her guilty. Spoiler alert. <clears throat> How could they not? <laughs> I know. Like I'm saying, like she didn't even do a good job at like no. trying to cover it up. She was the immediate Suspect. suspect. Well, yeah. The Im- if you are the immediate suspect and you did do it, uh-huh. you did a poor job. Exactly. So, um, where was I? Okay, so uh, investigations revealed that Jody rented a car from Budget Rent-A-Center in Redding, California on June 2nd, 2008 and drove south, visited friends by June 3rd, then drove to Travis's um, home where the two use the camera to take photos while having sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the trial against her started on December 10th, 2012 in, uh, in a Maricopa County Superior Court. After around four months trial, uh, a trial compromising of 18 days, um, she was found guilty and convicted of first-degree murder on May 8th, 2013. Thank God. Um, although the jury was initially finding it difficult to come to a unanimous decision regarding her punishment terms between a death penalty and a life term, she was finally sentenced to life in state prison without possibility of parole in April 3rd of, two, of 2015, which I think she probably should have got the death penalty because she's... <clears throat> yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. So she is held in a maximum security, high risk level five prison or cell or whatever at the Arizona State Prison Complex. Um, so like two years after Jody was arrested, she admitted to killing Travis mm. as self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. Of course it was. She basically was saying that he was abusing her. And you know what's weird? While he was in the shower? Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean that did happen with my last case. But in this case, she is not the victim. She is A the murderer. A cold-blooded killer. Yeah. But also, they okay, they only dated for five months. Wow. Like, they were only in a legit relationship for five fucking months. And you are that obsessed. I'd be yeah. curious to see, like what her former boyfriends and things have to say about her me too like daryl brewer yeah they dated for a while i really wanted to know what like he thinks of her right i do know that travis's friends all instantly hated jody yeah they did not like her which is probably why they only dated for five months yeah and then he probably just had sex with her on the side because she was Mm -hmm. i mean she was a pretty girl yeah so um i do want to talk about um Jody was diagnosed with quite a few things. Um, Had she was she previously diagnosed, or was this like after? The I think fact? it was after. Okay. Yeah, she was diagnosed with a narcissistic personality disorder. Ding disorder. ding ding. A pathological liar. I didn't even know you could be diagnosed as that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus, uh, bipolar disorder. Um, she was also diagnosed as a sociopath, <laughs> and she had borderline personality disorder 
That's a rough combination. She literally has the worst of the worst. <laughs> wow. I mean, that in itself, that's sad. Mental illness is a very sad thing. It's, yeah, but very. that is no excuse for her being a disgusting monster. Especially the way that she killed him. Ugh, it was definitely overkill. premeditated. Yeah. It was I mean, overkill. I yeah. mean, you didn't have to do all that. Like, that was a crime of, like, I fucking passion. hate your guts. It was a crime of passion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even... It, like, okay, so when someone says a crime of passion, I always think, like, a lover's quarrel. Like, mm-hmm. two people in a fight, you know? But it seemed to me like they were just having sex, and she, they were just taking provocative pictures. When I think of a crime of passion, I just think of a uh, crime, you know, between... Uh, or, you know, one lover or the other kills the other, but uh, it's a very personal attack, yeah. You know, I think a crime of passion, though, like seriously, is like a like an in the moment type of thing. Like yeah. something happens in the moment to make you like snap, snap. and then kill this person for mm-hmm. out of passion. But it's like, well, to, I feel like that's kind of what happened, though, right? I don't think so. No, because they were literally fucking and taking pictures of each other naked. And while she was taking pictures of him in the shower... So you think it was premeditated? I think it was premeditated, yeah. yeah. Like, if they would have gotten into a huge fight, and yeah. then she just, like, you know, picked up this random knife she found in this fucking master bathroom... Right, ...and yeah. started stabbing him. Like, yeah, I would think that would be a crime of passion, but I think she's just a sick fucking psycho who decided she was going to kill her fucking boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, all the places that she went, mm-hmm. I think she just did that to have an alibi. Right. It's not like she was like wanting to do all these things she did it so that she could be like oh well i was right here mm-hmm. during this time mm-hmm. she's just a psycho Ugh. i hate her yuck <laughs> so that is the story of travis alexander being brutally and horrifically murdered by his ex-girlfriend jody i forgot her last name arius arius yes <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, that's that's a tough one. Uh, oh. I would definitely implore you guys not to look at the crime scene photos because I you know they're going to though. <laughs> I honestly wish I could get that image out of my head yeah. of his throat because it's really bad. Yes, it's not something that I ever want to see again. Honestly, I had mm-hmm. to like exit out, and usually I don't do that. Usually I'm like trying to find as much as I can, mm-hmm. but today I was just like, no, that's enough for me. Absolutely. Ugh. I think seeing the crime scene photos, though, like I was telling Brooke this earlier, yes, we talked about our cases before the podcast. We did. We did. (laughs) But, um... We've been together all day, so... (laughs) Literally, yeah. But, um, it does kind of put perspective on just how brutal this case was, because I can sit here and talk about, you know, she stabbed him 27 to 29 times, she slit his throat ear to ear, a gunshot wound to the head, but it doesn't really click till you see the pictures. You're right. Yeah. Like, it right. sounds horrific, but when you see the pictures, it's like a whole new level well, of horror. And, because we talk about these things all the time. You know what I mean? So it just kind of comes out naturally, and you're like, well, that sucks. I'm sure that was a horrible way to go, you know. But just seeing it, it really does, yeah, it puts things into perspective of just how brutal and just, I guess. Like, how much she did not give a fuck and and how much pain he must have endured yeah. and how much how terrified he had to have been I, that's I, what i feel when i see it you know what i mean i personally think that stabbing somebody it's very multiple personal. times 
is a method of torture, in yeah. my opinion. Well, it's a very personal way. Very to do personal, it too. yeah. And yeah. slitting of a neck. Ugh. That is so. That's How like up do in you their do face. that? That's like on the same lines of strangulation yeah, to me. Absolutely. You know? You're looking that person in their face. As you cut them. Ugh. Oh my God, I cannot even imagine. Disgusting. Like his head was literally almost decapitated. Why did she not get the death penalty? Probably because she's a woman. Because she's a pretty woman. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, in that interview, Fuck her. the girl who uh, shared the cell with her was talking about how she would literally flirt with the guards. And oh, yeah. She got special treatment because she was pretty. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure she has tons of pen pals, you know, men that just. She probably has sex with some of the fucking prison, whatever the fuck they are. That's officers. terrible. Can you imagine working there and like this girl who brutally murdered her boyfriend mm-hmm. wants to have sex with you? And you're like, OK, let yeah. me just fucking do that. Gross. Like, it really bothers me a lot to think that, like, that obviously means that these officers or whatever the fuck they are, are just uh, scummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Well, I guess we'll take a brief Stay break. Stay tuned for guess. part two. <laughs> Welcome back to part two of episode 11. Um, so I've got a paranormal story for you guys this evening. Ooh. It thunder. always thunderstorms when we record, I feel like. I know. Excuse the thunder. Yeah. Um, I'm not huge on doing paranormal stories uh, just because, I don't know, I just don't really care for them. I, I love paranormal but just stories are difficult sometimes. I love like hearing them, but when yeah. you do research on a paranormal story, it is because it's all hearsay. Exactly. All hearsay. Now with this particular story though, there are facts. So it makes things a little bit easier. Yeah. And it's more than just spooky. Exactly. It's just cool. It's informative too. Yeah. So uh, my story, the story um, I've been interested in for a really long time. Um, I saw a documentary on it when I was a teenager, and it's always just uh, kind of captivated me. It's uh, it's very interesting. Um, so my story is on the Winchester Mystery House. Ooh. Yes. Um, the Winchester Mystery House is an architectural arc. I can't speak. Dude, I'm telling y'all. When I say something is off in the universe, something is off in the freaking universe. It I don't is. know if anybody else has been feeling this way, but my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the Winchester Mystery House is an architectural. Oh my God. It's a freaking wonder <laughs> and historic landmark. It's a freaking wonder. It's a freaking wonder <laughs> and historic landmark located at 525 South Winchester Boulevard in San Jose, California. I'm just going to start cussing when words don't come out right. <laughs> it's a freaking wonder. <laughs> it's a wonder. Uh, nowadays, it's privately owned, and it's a popular tourist attraction, and it's listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Today, the massive estate, which features twisting staircases, mysterious doors, and shadowy passages, has shrunk from 162 acres to four and a half acres, but the house remains just as imposing as it was almost a century ago. 
The Winchester House was once the personal residence of Sarah Winchester, the widow of William Winchester, and heiress to a large portion of the Winchester Repeating Arms fortune, which is the rifle company. I'm sure most of you are familiar with the Winchester rifle. This bitch was crazy rich. She was, oh yeah, she was so rich. Yeah. And we'll go into that a little bit. But, uh, so Sarah was born Sarah Lockwood Party, and she was born in 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut. Um, she was born to a working class family. So just, you know, average. In 1862, during the Silver, Civil, Civil War, Civil fucking War. <laughs> the, this wonder. <laughs> when Sarah was 23, she married William Winchester, who was the only son of Oliver Winchester, the owner of the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. William Winchester was quiet, which suited Sarah because she was very quiet as well. The two of them were extremely private people. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just a small little tidbit. Uh, Sarah was a very tiny lady. She was only about four foot ten. Oh, wow. She very was tiny. A little bitty lady. So Sarah and William had one child together. Um, her name was Annie. But sadly, Annie died at only 40 days old. Aww. She uh, died due to marasimus 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 which is a severe protein deficiency that affects children and causes their bodies to waste away so sad marasmus Maras- marasmus oh marasmus marasmus or did i say marasmus i don't know i have no idea i don't know what i said but it's marasmus okay you, you probably said it right and then my brain just said marasmus i don't i'm like i said i'm just gonna start cussing <laughs> so Tragedy seemed to follow Sarah. Her father, her father died in 1880, and her husband, William, died of tuberculosis at only 43 oh. in March of 1881. Did I say father-in-law? Or I did I know. say father? I swear to God, y'all, like, I'm just done. Our brains are definitely... Me and Brooke really have had it the last couple of I'm days. I'm sorry. I promise next time will be better. Like... <laughs> It's been rough. I'm running on like two hours of sleep right now. I'm running on a lot of sleep, which is rare, but I feel like my body is faltering. Yeah. My brain's just fried. Yeah. So um, her father-in-law died in 1880, and he was the owner of the Winchester uh, Rifle Company. And then her husband, William, who was uh, the son of the Winchester Rifle Company's uh, owner, died at uh, 43 of tuberculosis. So check this shit. Okay, this is where it gets nuts. Sarah Sarah received an inheritance of $20 million, which, get this, in those days, that was a shit ton of money, Mm -hmm. but nowadays, that would be equivalent to $529,862,069. So basically over $500 million. Dude, I would just be happy with $20 million. I mean, at this point <laughs> I'd in my be life, happy with a million. I would literally just be happy with like even a thousand. <laughs> so she also received um, approximately 50% ownership in the Winchester company. Wow. Especially and, being a woman. Yeah. In those days. Like, can you imagine? 
and she uh, inherited an income of a thousand dollars a day. Oh my god! Which in today's time is equivalent to over twenty six thousand dollars a day. Dude, somebody please help the girl out. <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, what would you spend your money? I mean, I know what this bitch spent her money on, but like, what would you exactly. buy? I don't you know. You would run out of things to buy. I might go crazy and just build house a house that never ends. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so, yeah, 26000 That was her allowance a day. I'm um, sorry, twenty. yeah, 26 would have been the uh, allowance in today's time, but it was 1000 back $26, then. $26,000 a day. Mm-hmm. I would never, ever complain about anything oh ever gosh. again. So, legend has it that a Boston psychic medium told Sarah while channeling her late husband that she should leave her home and travel west. And I quote, build a home for yourself and for the spirits who have, who have fallen from this terrible weapon too. You must never stop building the house. If you continue building, you will live forever. But if you stop, then you'll die. So basically this psychic told Sarah, like, you have to build a home for yourself and for these spirits that have died, um, by the Winchester rifle. God, it seems like the psychic really hated this gun. <laughs> right. And took it out on poor Sarah. Mm-hmm. So Sarah left her New Haven home and headed for California. In her depressive state, it is said that uh, Sarah believed that she and her fortune were haunted by ghosts and that only by moving west and continuously building them a house, she could appease the spirits. That is honestly so tragic. I know, it really is. So, when she arrived in California, she bought an unfinished eight-room farmhouse on 162 acres from a doctor. That is so much land. I know, right? And she began what could only be described as the world's longest home renovation, um, which was 36 years to be exact, only stopping when she died on September 5th, 1922. So... 36 years this house was built non-stop the psychic's such an asshole she said <laughs> you'll live forever and the psychic's a crock of shit Psych. so sarah hired carpenters and they worked on the house day and night until it became a seven-story mansion she didn't use an architect and added onto the building randomly approximately 20,500 U.S. gallons of paint were required to paint this massive Wait, house. how much? 20,500 oh gallons God. of paint. Can you imagine? No! That is insane. That's a lot of... Like, I feel like that would fill this entire room. It would be over 20,000 fucking milk jugs. Like, that's nuts. <laughs> a lot of paint. So, the Winchester house, 24,000 square feet. It includes 10,000 windows, oh my God. 2,000 doors, 40 bedrooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways, 47 fireplaces, 17 chimneys, 13 bathrooms, 6 kitchens. Only 13 bathrooms? Okay. I know. She had a fascination with the number 13 as well. Yeah. Um, six kitchens, two basement levels, three elevators, and it was built a, at a price tag of $5 million in 1923, which would be about $71 million today. So, like, not even a scratch or a dent off her fortune? Exactly. I'm, okay, just so you know, I'm just looking at pictures of the house because I've seen it, mm-hmm. but I don't remember it. 
Is that nutso or what? Oh my god, dude! There's a picture of a fucking door going. Yeah. Oh, I'll talk about that. <laughs> oh my god. So there's a no logical progression to the rooms. Uh, you wander down a winding corridor, and you might you might find yourself in a kitchen, bathroom, or at a dead end. It's been said that Winchester's obsession with the number 13 influenced many of the design details throughout the home, including the number of steps on staircases, the number of lights in the chandeliers, and the number of panels in the walls. The number 13 and spider webs, which carried spiritual significance for her, occur throughout the house. Out of the 13 bathrooms, there was only one working toilet, and that was for Sarah. Oh. You have to remember this is a long time ago. Also, can you like, is this like a museum now? Can you tour it? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been said that all the other restrooms were decoys to confuse the spirits. And that this is also the reason why she slept in a different bedroom every night. Well, I mean, if you have that many bedrooms. Why not, right? And you live by yourself. But you know what's also crazy about that is she literally was told by the psychic that all you have to do is keep building this house mm-hmm. and you'll live forever so why is she being extra superstitious about it don't know she needs a psychiatrist mm-hmm. psychologist yeah so um the home's conveniences were rare at the time of its construction uh these included steam and forced air heating modern indoor toilets and plumbing push-button gas lights, and Miss Winchester's personal and only hot shower from indoor plumbing. To confuse these malevolent ghosts, she built a house that was intentionally mystifying with fake staircases and doors to nowhere. (laughs) There are doorways that open up to blank walls, corners rounded to dead ends, a strange set of stairs that leads straight up to the ceiling, a closet about an inch deep, a window in the middle of the floor in a room, <laughs> and a room without a floor at all. Can you imagine being the contractor? Oh, oh my gosh. House? They just did what she wanted. And I would be... We find out later, like, she was very, very kind to the people that worked for her. Oh, I'm sure so. she was, but geez, I would be like, lady, this is not a livable house. Uh, yeah. So, among other curiosities, um, there's a door that opens onto an eight-foot drop down to a kitchen sink, and a cabinet that extends over 30 different rooms. So the <clears throat> door opens and there's a fucking kitchen sink eight feet below. Down. uh-huh. Oh, my God. So, Is that the picture I just looked no. at? Okay. Mm-mm. So there are doors that open into walls, rooms without floors, and windows in unexpected places. That's just a hazard. Yeah, it's crazy. So the mansion has countless secret passages, uh, reportedly that were built to confuse the spirits that pursued Sarah. One of the property's quirkiest features is the, quote, door to nowhere, which is a panel door on the exterior a couple floors up that literally drops to the ground outside. So that's, that's what you were looking at. Oh that is terrifying. That is, like, imagine just, like, looking Opening through this the house. Yeah, and there's the outside Bam. world. Yeah. <laughs> Watch where you guys step before opening a door. Yeah. So this is a super interesting fact. Um, the highest point in the house is called the Witch's Cap Tower. It is said to be occupied by a heavy spiritual presence, and it is extremely unsettling to many. 
you know i feel like what she's doing is more so inviting spirits than it is like confusing them or keeping them out she didn't look at it that way what do you think like you're literally building this house specifically for spirits i mean i feel like she felt like she had to i don't know yeah but do you think it could invite them in or scare them off i don't think it would invite them in i I don't know (laughs) <laughs> They've got plenty of places to hide. <laughs> They're like, this is the perfect house. <laughs> I think they can only be let in if you let them in. So that's my personal thought. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. It's like she's building this house specifically to confuse spirits. Mm-hmm. So wouldn't that be like her letting them in? I guess. Well, I mean, according to the psychic, they kind of were attached to Sarah. So Ooh. I don't know. Um, so uh, the witch's ca- uh, cap tower... Uh, can only be accessed via a claustrophobic passageway with ceilings barely five foot high. Oh, okay. So, reportedly, Sarah would hold occasional seances at night in the witch's cap. And that's what drew Harry Houdini to the house in 1924. Ooh. But, yeah, pretty cool. You know what? So, I listened to a podcast about Houdini, Mm -hmm. and I really want to cover him because, Mm -hmm. like, not even just, like, the illusions and shit that he would do but his like story is fucking crazy oh yeah interesting dude yeah so uh harry houdini was less interested in communing uh with the dead than with proving the entire thing was a hoax that's what i was gonna say Mm -hmm. he was very into like disproving spiritualism yep debunking yeah so through a uh though he was a magician by trade Houdini was devoted at this time in his life to debunking the whole haunted house theory. But not even Houdini himself could shake the sense that something inside those walls was very wrong. No one knows exactly what happened, but Houdini found the visit memorable enough that he sent a newspaper clipping about it to the home, to the home's owner. <clears throat> this was he visited after she was already dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the mansion has two basements, which are said to be hot spots for paranormal activity. Many people claim to have witnessed the ghost of a man pushing a wheelbarrow around the house's eerie underground passageways. Mm-mm, no, thank you. I know, right? Said to be the spirit of a gardener or a landscaper, landscaper, the apparition appears perfectly content to roam peacefully around the basement. Aside from the main house, many of the estate's former outbuildings still exist, including a foreman's house a fruit drying shed, a greenhouse, and a gardener's tool shed. A fruit drying shed. Interesting, right? Mm-hmm. I never knew that was a thing. You know what just like freaked me the fuck out? What? Just <laughs> this curtain. Like, mm-hmm. We would never know if somebody was behind us. <laughs> I literally just scared the fuck out of myself thinking about that. That's why I was like... <laughs> uh, you're right, though. We would never know. No. Somebody could be standing right there. I... Well, we would hear the door open. You would think. You would think. So there's also an old stable um, rumored to be another site where ghostly figures roam. There have been reports of haunting orbs floating around the stalls, with some visitors even maintaining to have caught them on camera. Before the San Francisco earthquake in 1906, which was a really big deal, the house was seven stories high, but today it's only four stories. 
Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just the architectural oddities. I said it. <laughs> that Sarah Winchester uh, gained her, uh, that gained Sarah Winchester her eccentric reputation. Um, after her husband's death, the heiress dressed in long sleeve, long black dresses, even under the baking hot San Jose sun. <laughs> she went into mourning and stayed into mourning for the rest of her life. That's so sad. I know. She just had it rough, man. Yeah. That much money can't make you happy. No, you know, if you don't have the people you love. Yeah, you're right. So. Up until her death at age 82, um, which, by the way, uh, was in the master suite of the home. Oh, no. I remained a very, very private person. She wouldn't engage or talk to the press because they would say such bad things about her. Um, she was kind of the talk of the town, yeah. you know, of course. Well, I mean, I mean, what she's doing is so cool and interesting. But, I mean, back then it was probably like witchcraft. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And she's this lady that wears all black. And she's fucking lucky they didn't burn her at the stake or, kill, or put her in like an insane asylum. Because they did well, that. She was so rich, though. You know what I mean? They I don't like, think it matters. I don't think they messed with her. They just let her do her thing. And like, you know. I don't know. Like, my brother told me the story about like before like the theory of germs was a fact Mm -hmm. there was like this doctor who delivered babies and he noticed one time that washing his hands before delivering a baby Mm -hmm. there was a better chance that the mom and the baby would survive oh wow so he tested the theory and he came to the conclusion that yes for some reason washing your hands gives a better you know um Hmm. survival rate for the mother and the child (laughs) and the people like thought it was like witchcraft and literally threw this doctor this well-respected man into an insane asylum that is crazy and then like after he died like year like a couple of years later or whatever it became a proven fact that what he was saying was true and that, that germs is existed so crazy wow yeah that's nuts dude so that's... i wouldn't doubt that they would do that to a rich person well they did it so lucky here i know right um so her reclusive ways just fed all sorts of rumors throughout town. Um, even though she was publicity shy, um, the house's staff um, was more anchored in the real world than the spiritual one. Um, they say that she was a creative do-gooder who endured through, uh, through profound personal loss. She would give to causes that were dear to her, and I read that she did give a lot to charity. And she'd usually do it anonymously. She wasn't a crazy lady. She may have been eccentric, but she was very intelligent and very kind. Yeah. She paid her workers far more than the standard wage back then. Good. Mm -hmm. She considered them family and kept them on for many, many years just because she wanted to ensure their livelihoods. I mean, if you have that much money, what else are you going to do with it? At least, like, pay a super good wage to the people who are doing this crazy demand. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, in return, her staff gave her unquestioning loyalty and never spoke to journalists about the their unusual bosses habits or motivations that's good i know right that's amazing that's yeah. loyal people oh yeah so on the day that she died sarah winchester's servants walked away from the property and in a move that would be unheard of in today's era of tell-all book deals and you know publicity mm-hmm. uh never spoke a word about what went on in the house 
Wow. Even that's incredible. After her dying day, they still respected her. Yeah. They, that's what I'm, she was a very respectable woman. Yeah. And she was good to these people, mm-hmm. which is pretty awesome. That is really cool. So do you know what happened to her fortune? Yes. Okay. So when Sarah passed, all of her possessions, apart from the house, were handed over to her niece and her personal secretary. Her niece then took everything that she wanted and sold the rest in a private auction. It's kind of sad. It supposedly took six trucks working eight hours a day for six weeks to remove all the furniture from the home. Wow. Can you imagine? I don't think that sucks too much because, I mean, what are you going to do with all that? You oh know, I'm sure there was, I mean, obviously there was a lot. Personally, I would want to live there. I don't know. <laughs> I would not want to live there. Are you kidding me? Staircases that lead to nothing. That would be dangerous for a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, and if, if that's her niece, I'm sure her niece would end up having kids and yeah. imagine them opening a door that just drops off. To nothing. Yeah. So Sarah Winchester made no mention of the mansion and her will. So appraisers considered the house worthless due to the damage co- caused by the earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, and they considered it unfinished and impractical. Uh, impractical uh, due to the nature of its construction. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. It was sold at an auction to a local investor for $135,000. Yeah, I know. I would buy it for that much. Her eyes just got so huge. (laughs) My mouth was (laughs) wide open. I cannot believe... When was this? I mean, that... Back in that day, it probably was a lot yeah. more, but... Yeah, so she, she died in 1923. I'm going to search what that was. How much did you say? 135000 135000 And uh, it was later leased for 10 years to John and Mame Brown, who eventually purchased the house. Oh, no, she, she died in 1922. So in February 1923, five months after Sarah Winchester's death, the house was open to the public with Mame Brown serving as the first tour guide. So 130,000 in the 1920s is equivalent to $1,684,156 in 2020. So it was a good bit of money. Yeah. Yeah. So today the home is owned by Winchester Investments LLC, which is a privately held company representing the descendants of John and Mame Brown. The home still retains those unique touches that reflect Miss Winchester's beliefs and her reported preoccupation with warding off evil spirits. So, quick little note, and this is something I discovered. Um, so, a new room was discovered in 2016, bringing the number of rooms in the home to 161. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So it was like boarded off and like yeah. nobody ever knew it was there. It took that many years to find this room. I'm sure there are more rooms oh, just yeah. like that. Can you imagine? So this room was in an attic space and it contained a pump organ, a Victorian couch, a sewing machine, and paintings. Ooh. That is so cool. That is like so cool. All yeah. these years, like a hundred years. Yeah. And you find a new room. And these things have been none, you know, untouched this whole time. But there's probably so much dust in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> so um, in 2017, the Winchester Mystery House debuted their first daytime tour in 20 years, called the Explore More t- uh, Tour. This tour takes guests through rooms never before open to the public and explores the rooms left unfinished at the time of Sarah Winchester's death. 
I want to go so bad. Next time we go visit my sister, let's I want, take How far a is she from, from San Jose? I don't know. Let me look. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I, I would love to go. I think that would be an amazing trip. I feel like it's far. Well, if it was... Um, Oh, yeah. It's like almost seven hours. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll just take a, a trip to San Jose. And a trip San, to... San Francisco is close. far. Oh, no, it is far. It's far, yeah. Okay. Well, that's all we've got for you this night, uh, this night tonight. Um, uh, do we have anything else, Alyssa? Mm, nope. I'm tired. Me too. I got a long drive home. I'm going to crash so hard. Guess we can plug our social medias. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you guys should join our Facebook group, which is almost at 1,300 members. Thank mm-hmm. you, all 1,300 of you, even though, like, most of you don't listen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, and that group is, uh, for God's sake, don't drink the Jones juice. It is a private group, so you will have to request request to join. Um, our Instagram is don't drink the Jones juice. Send us your spooky stories or your crime-related stories for our listener juice episodes that we do once a month. Typically, every four episodes we do one. Um, you can send those to don't drink the Jones juice at gmail.com. And please put in the subject line, listener juice, and then whatever subject you want to put. Oh, we have a TikTok. Oh, we do. How many views did we have on that video? I don't even remember. You guys, (laughs) go look at our TikTok because me and Burke worked really hard. (laughs) To look disgusting. (laughs) Yeah, we look so gross. Um, (laughs) We recreated that alien picture that we had posted in the group on Facebook. I don't know if we posted it on Instagram, but... No, we didn't. Oops, sorry. Um, But we dressed up as aliens, and we attempted to put a kayak in her pool. I hate how TikTok does that. It's like the moment you open it. Yeah. Literally, yeah. (sighs) But anyways, is that just don't drink the Jones juice on TikTok? Yes. Okay. Um, And then what's the other thing that we have? Oh, yeah. Store Frontier. Mm By our merch, we have a really cool new design that Brooke designed, and it's um, a Ouija board that says don't drink the Jones juice. Um, We also have a lot of other cool stuff like our head head photo header header photo um for our podcast and some cool jim jones kool-aid man merch um you can find that at storefrontier.com slash don't drink the jones juice and i think that's it right that's it yeah i'm gonna fall asleep now (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna drink home in this storm oh gosh for 40 minutes Thanks for listening, guys. And uh, congratulations. And I can't even say congratulations. Congratulations, Cheyenne. Yes. We uh, contact us whenever you listen and find out that you're the winner. And uh, we'll get your shipping address and get this mailed out to you ASAP. Yes, let us know what you think about the horror box. Because, I mean, if this becomes a, a good hit, we may do it sometime in the future Mm -hmm. not anytime soon because it was expensive but (laughs) yeah but well i guess for god's sake don't drink the jones juice